my youngest was on the this football team where um, the star quarterback was the son of the coach, et cetera, et cetera. So, and it's one of those things where uh, there's nothing wrong with that unless there's something wrong with it, you know? Hey, welcome to another episode of the Coffee Break Podcast, where our mission is to share business ideas, practices, and strategies while we enjoy our cup of coffee. Today's episode is a father-daughter team. Yeah, they're doing a fantastic work with a ad agency, and they're going to be talking more about that kind of relationship, father and daughter working together, the family dynamic, pros and cons of it, how they've navigated it, some tips and tricks for you as well. If that's something that you're doing, something that you're managing, or something that you're looking at potentially doing down the line. And before we get into that conversation, I do want to invite you to subscribe if you haven't already. Man, this is incredible. We are moving on towards uh, our fourth year of recording these podcasts and sharing them with you. And I want you to be involved in it and don't miss out on a single episode. So make sure you subscribe. If you're listening to this audio version, on whatever platform you're on, make sure you hit the subscribe button. We have a brand new episode every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. available for you. If you're watching this on video, you're either on Facebook or YouTube, or maybe you followed a link from LinkedIn, you can subscribe on our YouTube channel or follow our Facebook page as well. So you'll get the latest videos when they are out on Tuesday mornings. Thank you very much for joining us today. I want you to grab a cup of coffee and get ready for this conversation with Lee and Sophia Calderon. We got so much to say, we got a podcast to make, we're sipping on lattes, and it's time for a coffee break. It's time for a coffee break. Oh yeah. Well, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the coffee break. Thank you so much for having us. You, you don't have coffee, though, so you have water. <laughs> I can turn this. Though, oh, okay, so well. And I'm just about out. Oh, we're, we've been sitting <laughs> here okay. chatting so long that we're out of coffee. Now, are you are you an anti-coffee drinker or you just have had enough already? I had some before we came. And then as soon as I finished my cup, I was like, shoot, yeah. it's called coffee break. <laughs> <laughs> well, we uh, we have lots of coffee around here, so we should be we should be good to go. All right. Well, let's jump into the conversation today. We're going to be chatting a little bit about working with family and mm. how that works, because, you know, the old rule is never go into business with friends huh. or family. And you that's guys, what they say. Yeah. You guys did that. <laughs> so we'll we'll talk through that. I'm interested in the conversation from a perspective of, you know, how that works together in a positive and a negative way. We also in our organization here have several sets of family that work together. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there's there's an interesting dynamic and we can kind of chat through that as well. But before we do that, it's rapid fire, five randomly selected questions just to get under your skin with unknown point values. Ready to go? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) All right. Uh Question number one, what is the best thing that you learned in the past year? So we're actually we're recording this kind of at the close of 2020. 21. Yeah, so that's perfect. what's the best thing that you learned this year? Um, for me, I think it's revisit everything I kind of learned when I was five. Okay. So that inner child. So get, yeah, get in touch with that inner child and tap into that, you know, pure innocence and probably most creative stage yeah. of your life. So, hmm. yeah. Things are things are probably thing. still true to that point. Yeah, yeah. I, and for some reason, I feel like I can visit that world easily sometimes. So that's weird. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Sophia? Oh gosh, um, I would say just 
always looking to be better, which is kind of vague and basic, but it's true. And just looking for that in different things, weird places that you would never think you'd find inspiration from, because that's what I usually do. And I'm like, way better because of that. And it's weird, like just to compare yourself to the beginning of this year with a mindset this big. Mm -hmm. And now it's Mm -hmm. tripled just because you go to different sources, different things, whether like think completely outside your world of like whether it's your work life your home life like look in other places whether it's somewhere in the world people online that Mm -hmm. speak another language and you have to translate it different things because you can always learn from those sources you wouldn't think to go to yeah Yeah. that's that's an interesting perspective because i think it's very true that we all like kind of isolate ourselves to our own circle of knowledge base or our own circle of influence absolutely Uh, and if you can go outside of that at times then it just sparks a whole different yeah i mean that's a great point and reminder because you know i'm huge about also uh in terms of you know like don't be you you know be be an architect be an archaeologist be a you know fashion designer be a you know let yourself be something else Mm -hmm. and re-enter the room and just go you know i think it's great because it's too easy to be conditioned and limited by our you know silo you can find those golden nuggets in everything yeah yeah. it's like Pretend, yeah. make believe. You know what I'm saying? That's that's what I'm saying. It's the inner child thing. Go back to those days. It's like there's a wealth of just being. Dress up, dress yeah. up, make believe. Exactly. <laughs> there was Pretend. a um, there was a podcast that we recorded recently with a guest that was a copywriter, and she mm-hmm. said something very similar that mm-hmm. she cool. you know whenever she went into a a writing uh, frenzy for whatever, she kind of became that character. And that was kind of the way that she was able to process it. Very interesting. All right, next question. Number two, uh, what do you consider the smartest thing that you've ever done in your life so far? The smartest. (laughs) Um, Go with my gut feeling on things. Okay. I feel like you can always trust your gut and just those. Yeah you know, feelings you get and you'll always land in the right spot. Yeah. And that's just smart to listen to your gut. Yeah. I'd have to say marry my wife. Aww. That would be the smartest thing ever. That was probably the smartest that's thing you said on the podcast. <laughs> and we're done. Thank you. <laughs> Hi, honey. <laughs> well done, sir. Well yeah. done. Question number three. What is something interesting that you that, about you? Let me say that question again. <laughs> what is something interesting about you that very few people know? Hmm. Um, let's see. Something interesting. Uh, <laughs> oh, gosh. That's, yeah, I could impersonate a, the mating call of a cricket. Go figure, right? <laughs> Yeah, same. I know. I I would say probably that's, that's a very that's, hidden talent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Few know. <laughs> Few know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's probably good. <laughs> yeah. Impersonate the mating call of a cricket. Mm-hmm. That's got to go on some type of a highlight reel. <laughs> I don't know where in the world to go with that. All right. <laughs> give, give you an opportunity to run up that one. Yeah, yeah. I probably could, but I'm not going to expose myself for that because that would just be so embarrassing. <laughs> oh, no, he should. <laughs> okay, this is thanks to my mom. Okay. Um, my arms aren't straight. Like, I can't make my arm straight. And a lot Damn. of people don't realize that because you're moving and you usually don't see that. But my arms, I can't make them straight. 
Yeah, I've been exposed. There you Sorry. go. Huh. It's not on your resume. Or yeah. No. Okay. I don't no. think that'll affect you negatively <laughs> yeah. through life, but that is interesting. It affected me when I was in dance classes. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that one sucked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I broke my left arm when I was four, and it is crooked as well. Yeah. So. Oh, wow. Thank you. So we're, we're, that made me feel better. <laughs> we're all messed up. We're so I don't know whose was worse or weirder. Psychologically. Yeah, just, just trying to squash that mating ritual call. Yeah. <laughs> Question number four. What's something that you would be willing to stay up all night to do? Mine's easy. Art. Art? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Probably done that a lot. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. For sure. Word. He still does I think it. my record is four nights in a row. Not going to bed. Wow. Or, you know, four days and nights. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So that's crazy. How old were you? Um, uh, like 30. Oh. When I did this. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Maybe that's what affected me. <laughs> that's what it was. <laughs> I can't remember. It was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that, oh. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. So I love it. It's just so, such a, you know, moment of uh, inner dialogue. Yeah. You know. Hmm. So, yeah. All right. Um, mine's going to be very like emotional, but anything for a loved one, I would stay up for always. Like if anyone needed me, a family member, a friend, a boyfriend, Mm -hmm. whoever, Mm -hmm. that's what I would do. Oh, how about that? Yeah. I, don't know. <laughs> I stayed up all night one time because I broke a net computer network system and we had to fix it. Huh. So that was. There you go. Yeah, it was, it was wow. like you, you're yeah. kind of against the wall. You had yeah. to. Yeah. We, we walked out. We walked in about nine, eight or nine o'clock in the evening, or maybe it was earlier than that. And we left at about 5 a.m. Oh, yeah, wow. It was, yeah. it, was, it, was, it was brutal. Yeah. Anyways. You, fi- you figured things out though. You, we got it back up and running. Okay, hey, good. that was so, worth there you it. Go. Nobody ever knew. No, <laughs> no one was ever the wiser. <laughs> All right, last question, number five. What is something small that you recently noticed? Something small? Yeah. Mm. It never occurred to you before. Oh boy! I know that's a really hard one. That's a tough one. Save the hardest one, yeah. We're here to challenge me. Yeah, you did that. Um, I'm waiting for you to go so it uh, sparks something for me. Yeah, thanks. Um, Something small. um, Okay, next. I know, wait. Past. I don't know. I, I can't even think of something small that I what, never noticed. Yeah, that you just never just noticed before. Learned. Something that was not like this major revelation, but it was just like, yeah, I never really paid attention to that before. Okay. I got mine. Yeah, All right. good. Your beard is ginger compared to your hair. It is. I was just looking at it. <laughs> that is so funny. Got yes. mine. <laughs> How many points was that one? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. <laughs> good luck. Yeah. You, you just uh, <laughs> Oh, gosh. Mm. Yeah, I, um, we're gonna have to. Must deduct. have been pretty small because yeah. we'll have to deduct points. All yeah, right. I know. Well, we passed All rapid right. fire. Five randomly selected questions. We'll give you guys a collective score of nine hundred and eighty-three. Awesome. That okay, work? that works. Thank you. All right, that's generous. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, is that good? Yeah. 
It's a, it's a score. All right. Got it. Matter. Yeah. Cool. Cool. <laughs> it's, all, it's all made up. We understand the frustrations HOA board members and property managers face when deciding the best solution for their HOA and pool security. Should we use a keypad, hand out keys, or install a key card system? Do we even need cameras? These are some of the questions that are difficult to navigate, and we're here to help. At LockDock Security, we've spent over 20 years working with homeowners associations and property managers to find a system that best fits the pool and HOA needs. Camera systems for the front gate or front entrance, key card systems for the pool gates, or simply updating the gate so that it meets safety and code compliance. We like to take the guesswork out of the process to answer any questions and help find the right solution. Our mission is to help you protect your people and your property and that includes pools. Contact our team today to schedule your free consultation for your community. Well, let's let's kind of jump into the, I think we've already had a really good conversation so far, but we'll jump into kind of the meat of the conversation today. So by way of introduction first, because we're going to be talking about working with family, so we'll, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll kind of establish why you're working with family, but as way of introduction, give us a little bit of who you are. Okay. Um, I am a artist and artist and designer by heart. Um, I am working as a creative director at Arthur Elliott, brand agency, marketing design firm. And um, yeah, a father of three and uh, originally from Southern California, uh, living on the East Coast now for about three years and digging it. Uh, Love the folks here and uh, life is good. All right. Well, I'm going to come back and ask you a question. What is a creative director and and how and, and from an artist perspective, because sometimes those titles get very broad for us. Mm-hmm. So I want to break that down. But sure. give us a little bit of introduction for, for you. I'm Sophia. Um, <laughs> I'm a graphic designer at Arthur Elliott. So he's my boss. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it's going to be similar story as if I don't have three kids, um, yeah. but I am from Good. Southern California. <laughs> yeah. So I'm the middle child of his three kids. All right. Uh-oh. Yeah. Well, how, how, okay, middle child, do you have like any, <laughs> no, I've, I, I've had conversations with people before that are middle children and they're like really kind of quirky about it. Yeah. Um, it's definitely a syndrome, I'd say mm-hmm. middle child syndrome, yeah. but my good thing is that I'm the only girl. Okay. So I get a little bit of like that princess, you know, okay. card mm-hmm. to play, but middle child syndrome is real. Hmm. It's real. But you keep it's it real. in check. She's got yeah. a she's got a great head but on your shoulders. But you're the only one that works with your father. Yes. Oh. Uh, well. No. no. Oh. Oh. Kind of. Yeah. Uh, full, yeah. Time, full time. Full yes. time. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's bounce back to what does a creative director do? Creative director. So creative director, um, you basically are in charge and uh, have the creative team under your wings, okay. which means uh, basically. Uh, for most projects, you kind of have your eye, your influence, your inspiration, uh, and, you know, kind of like uh, going through projects and mm-hmm. and uh, uh, influencing, inspiring, mm-hmm. uh, approving, um, as well as the individuals, the creatives that make up the team. Mm-hmm. So there's, uh, you know, a relationship, a dialogue as far as nurturing, growing you know, making sure, cause really it, the creative department is about them. Sure. You know, it's kind of like one of those things where as you become the creative director, you have already pretty much lived your, you know, creative flexing days. Gotcha. Um, 
but it just kind of takes on a different, uh, you know, skin, so to speak. Sure. And, uh, and it's, you know, it's an opportunity to help nurture and grow the other creatives and, uh, encourage them and kind of find their superpowers. And it's, it's, it's very rewarding and you get to see the different personalities and talents, skills and whatnot. And you, uh, go about it day by day. So that way. Uh, it's a great, great definition. So in, in kind of a, because a lot of times I'm try, I try to, I'm trying to translate a specific role over into so maybe some other type of a of business. So we have some application, but uh, it sounds like, and, and I'll draw some conclusion from this. Sure. You are maybe meeting with the client, understanding the direction and the vision. Right. Okay. So that's, that's you're right. what I described was really one part of it, one facet. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, at Arthurelia, basically, I'm involved at the top level, the creative vision for the agency. Yep. Um, I work with the president of the company, uh, Andy. And um, so we meet with clients. We kind of like digest, listen, do a lot of empathetic listening, and then kind of set the strategy. Got it. So, um, yeah, a, a little bit. I'm the one with the, the crazy ideas or whatever. Mm-hmm. I get grounded and we have a great rapport. Thank God. A great rapport in terms of, uh, you know, from a mix of strategy and creative okay. and that sort of thing. And then from that, you take that kind of what the client is looking for, kind of what you've proposed, bring that vision together. And then you're going to be able to resource your team to say, OK, this is going to be best suited here utilize all their strengths exactly okay. that's exactly spot on all right yeah. cool so in in terms of of other businesses it's it may be kind of like a project manager of understanding the team and the resources that you have and being able to resource those people on. yeah sort of uh i mean because the irony is we have the account executives sure so they're kind of like a little bit more so the project managers mm-hmm. of of projects and um yeah. And so then it's really you have strategy, you have account management, you have creative yeah. and okay. the three facets kind of make everything happen. So now when you bring your creative team together, you've got graphic designers. You What other types of creatives do you have under your belt? Yeah. Some specialize, like, let's say a little bit more on video. Uh, sometimes we even... Uh, you know, some will specialize in like layout, like really beautiful layout skills because they may have worked as a uh, book designer, magazine designer, yeah. things of that nature. Others might uh, focus and flex more so uh, as it uh, comes to brand identity, developing logos, et cetera, et cetera, gotcha. or websites and that sort of thing. So you kind of try to corral and f- use your uh, best assets accordingly. Okay. And yeah. Very cool. So, okay, so so that's kind of the the structure there, and uh, and Sophia, you're a graphic designer underneath that team. Yes. All right, and so now you've been brought onto a team with other creatives, and you're working with your dad. What kind of dynamic has that been for you? What kind of uh, uh, maybe day to day either frustrations because. I'm imagining that you go back home together. So (laughs) there's not a lot of, a lot of separation of that. Right. So what are some of those day-to-day frustrations or things that you're seeing uh, maybe even with the rest of your, your team members? Yeah. I'd like to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's actually really, really good. Mm -hmm. It's been really great. The other designers, I thought for sure coming into it, maybe some judgments, you know, like you mentioned earlier uh, before we got on uh, nepotism, things like that. And honestly, they've been very welcoming and very kind to me and treating Mm -hmm. me like I'm just another designer. Um, So that's been really cool. And then 
we're very good at keeping things like, okay, here's home life and now here's work life. Mm -hmm. We're both very good at that. And that was important. And we had a big conversation before I made that Mm -hmm. decision to try to join Arthur Elliott um, just to make sure we were both on the same page. And so far it's worked out really nice. Mm -hmm. I'd say the only thing would be, of course, when we go home, we'll usually talk about our days. And it's like, mm-hmm. I kind of already know what his day was like. He kind of already knows what my day was like. Sure. But then the work conversations keep going and, oh, we could do this, which is great. Mm-hmm. Like most of the time it is great because you're like, oh my gosh, we would have never thought of that. And we can continue those conversations. Yeah. But of course, <laughs> there comes a point where you're like, it's eight o'clock. Like yeah. I'm kind of Ding. done talking about work right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, so that's yeah. the only thing. Honestly, it's been really awesome. Yeah. Like I'm very grateful for the opportunity to be able to work at Arthur Elliott and to work with my dad because he's been one of my biggest teachers, not just in life because he's my dad, but mm-hmm. for my professional career as well. So yeah. I, I'm, the nepotism thing, I, I have that's been a that's been a, a uh, I guess a topic of my mind for a long period of time, and that's you know even when we were discussing this earlier, before we got started recording, in our organization here we have my wife works here, mm-hmm. uh, my business partner wife works with him as well. Uh, we've got a couple, we've got a father and two son team, another father and two son team. Oh wow! Yeah. Uh, we've got some cousins and some all kinds of yeah. stuff. So there, there's <laughs> a lot of there's a lot of family connection. Uh, inside the organization. And so there's always kind of that caution of nepotism and even more so, uh, you know, a, a father and son dynamic of of management and, some, mm-hmm. you know, uh, team member type thing. Mm-hmm. So those are some of my interests, even mm-hmm. through this conversation as well, because navigating yeah. that and even more so, especially when you're when you're still living at home, because you don't I mean, I, you would get that in the spouse realm as well, where it's just yeah. how do you kind of shut down the conversation where it doesn't just engulf your entire life. But there's also some major positives of that because that conversation can flow and jive at any moment, right? Right. Absolutely. And I think the interesting thing about it is, you know, it's we have to remind ourselves that, you know, life is an experience is sometimes the biggest nourishment Mm -hmm. to our work life. And so it's okay to and recommended, I think, to have more of the personal life kind of discussions at home and just experiences and going out and doing stuff and things like that, talking about that stuff and exchanging ideas just as much because, you know, some of that's going to come back to the work anyway. It doesn't have to be just so serious and so about, you know, a project or somebody or a relationship or whatever, Mm -hmm. because, you know, a little bit that kind of gets... Uh, I don't know, too serious. And, you know, it's just like, eh, I just want to shed that and sure. and just have fun. Well, I think also nepotism can show its way when it's to me, and maybe this is just my own definition mm-hmm. of it and I haven't Googled it. So I, it, this may be on <laughs> is if you have somebody in a position, even though because they're family, but even though they're not qualified to do the job. Right. So it sounds like in this situation, you're already on that path, like you're qualified to do the job. And even more so, you might be in a better position just because of the fact that that you guys you've been being taught this for your entire life. Right. So you've got a lot of that natural training. So it's are you qualified to do the job or have you just been put in that position because of the of the family dynamic? Right. Right. And I think that's what made the big difference for Andy to, you know, 
let me be part of the sure. team kind of thing because mm-hmm. I showed in my portfolio. I still went through all of that yeah. to see, you know, show them what I could do. And it just worked out. Yeah. So I, have a, I, I do have a question on top of that because I'm, I'm interested. I'm, I'm trying to put myself in a, you know, outside of this particular conversation as a listener going, okay, well, I'm, I'm running a business and, you know, my children are coming up and, and I would like to have them involved in the business and I just want to put them in a role. Mm-hmm. What are those the precursors, right? How do you handle, how did you handle that with the rest of the team? Yeah, that's, that's a great point and great, um, you know, uh, part of this conversation. So I knew going into it that there was going to be that initial like watch out. Um, equally, I remember when, um, my youngest was, uh, younger and on the, this football team where, um, the star quarterback was the son of the coach, sure. et cetera, et cetera. So, and it's one of those things where uh, there's nothing wrong with that unless there's something wrong with it, you know, and in, in that favoritism and all that stuff. And, you know, it's like, part of it is like, if you're going to be, you have to be aware of it and you have to know how to navigate that. Because I think, you have to give equal opportunity for others and, and have all that happen. If, you know, if that uh, kid or whatever is crushing it, then great. But you still need to mix it all in. You have to understand what you're working with because, and the thing is, as we were talking about earlier, um, I'm probably hardest on Sophia and myself included. <laughs> but, um, but here's the thing at the end of the day, I know that if I step back and kind of watch the game from the sidelines myself, however it works out is how it's going to work out and needs to work out. And I think that, you know, everybody has the same exact opportunity to step up and swing the bat. Sure. And everybody has their own unique skills and all that. So I welcome and hope that that is always the filter that everybody's looking at it because it's just unfortunately way too easy for somebody else to kind of go, Oh, great. Here we go. You know, the, the, the coach's son is the quarterback kind of thing. It's like, well, no, you know, it's however it needs to work out, step up, everybody deliver and do your thing. And then let everybody else outside of, let's say the creative department or whatever, have their own opinions and have their own, you know, influence and all that. And I think it's worked out. And she, you know, Sophia, also there's the part where, you know, it's kind of like uh, we were talking about earlier where, you know, there's that added layer that when you have, um, you know, you share DNA, let's say, you know, it's two brothers and a, and, and a sister and they're on a same rock band or whatever, a band, and they're singing that harmony and all that, finishing each other's thoughts and sure. sentences and all that naturally is going to happen. But that is not a, a point of favoritism. It just happens and it's easy. And once again, it's the let it be kind of you know, mindset. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. That can happen. That's not about favoritism. That just is on the other side of the fence. So is everything else that has been with others that do not share the same DNA, you know, so I, it's all welcome. It's all good. And you just have to keep your head screwed on and, and, um, you know, the, the field level. And I want everybody to be a rock star. Sure. I don't care, you know, whatever, who and what and all that. Can you copy this key? That's a question we get asked about 3,422 times a year. 
And how can you actually be sure that the person who asked that question is supposed to get a copy of that key? Well, we think you should always know who can copy your keys to your business and your home, because it could be your neighbor, an old employee, a contractor, or even worse, your mother-in-law. At LockDock Security, we believe in protected key systems, so you always know who has a copy of your key. To find out more, visit LockDock.net or stop by our Charlotte location. LockDock Security, helping you protect your people and your property. I would imagine many people uh, have been in a situation where somebody's child has been placed in a position or a spouse or whatever has been mm-hmm. placed in a position mm-hmm. just because of the relationship. And everybody else knows, everybody else in- involved knows that they are not at the best fit for that role. And right. it's, it's a frustration. I right. think the biggest thing that I'm hearing through this conversation right now is that there's an awareness of that. And there was a, a intentional set aside of that at the beginning. Yeah. And the awareness is going to help to change that. I would also be interested mm-hmm. looking five, 10 years down the road at uh, the level of graphic design that uh, Sophia turns out because of the fact that she's probably holding herself to a higher standard just because she doesn't want to see the nepotism card being played, right? Absolutely. <laughs> she already does that naturally. Yeah. <laughs> we, we had a conversation about that yesterday, I think it was, yeah. in fact. And um, she's very much about the perfectionist. And I even said, I said, you're like a really good student, mm-hmm. you know, and you're super hard on yourself. Don't be. I mean, have certain expectations, but have fun doing yeah, it. You know, sure. don't don't crush yourself or whatever. But um, yeah, I mean, everybody is great. Everybody, I think, delivers. You know, at the agency, mm-hmm. uh, has their own unique skill sets. It's not about comparison. Mm-hmm. It's about bringing you to the table yeah. and you know, and crushing it and. That sort of thing. So I, I want to ask the, co- the question because there's a couple of other things I want to get into, but I, I want to maybe try to bring a close to this this point of of working with family. Have had what was the basis? I'm trying to think how to ask the question. What was the basis of um, of setting the boundaries or having the conversation before you walked into this? Because I think that's really the big takeaway for me as of right now is. You know, had you experienced it on the negative side before and you're like, hey, before we walk down this path, mm-hmm. here are the things like we we want to have some, you know, we want to have some separation of work life balance or we want to have some separation of conversation mm-hmm. so that we don't just totally bog ourselves down in that. And also, these are the things that I'm going to expect from you. And these are the things that you can expect from me type thing. Having that conversation up front, I think, is the vital component of what I'm hearing right now. At least you guys were mm-hmm. intentional about that early on. Where was that? Was that advice that you'd got from somewhere else? Was that based off of previous bad experiences or just it was just like, hey, man, this was just natural. (laughs) That (laughs) it was, I think, because him and I are so close and like we goof Mm -hmm. off with each other all Mm -hmm. the time. So going into a work setting, you can't goof off all the time. Um, So I think we both knew we needed to sit down and talk about it. And it was kind of natural to just sit down and talk about it because I was like, Hey, should I go for the internship here? And, you know, are you cool with that? And so naturally we just started talking, okay, well, you know, let's not, you know, goof off like how we normally do at home. And at the office, I call him Lee. I don't say, Hey dad, you know, and he calls me Sophia and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're very mindful 
about things like that. I don't know. It, it was very yeah. natural. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. I, and the thing is, you know, kind of piggybacking on what we were just talking about is the fact that I know because of her nature of really putting herself in check. Mm-hmm. I mean, from second one, um, that I didn't have to worry about a certain level of, uh, expectation or sure. you know just handouts and that sort of thing Got it. Okay. you know what i'm saying so i think that it, it was actually easy for me yeah what would be some advice that you would give to another father daughter potential working relationship or father son working relationship that you would say hey here are some things to to, to some boxes to check before you walk down that path and I would, i'd like to ask that question kind of from both mm-hmm. sides if from the from the the parental side and then also from the mm-hmm. the, the side of the the, ch- the child saying hey these are some things that you need to be mindful of or, or check off mm-hmm. before you enter into this yeah do you want to go first i just know for me um it's kind of what i mentioned a little bit earlier but you know it's lee or your dad's yeah. name sure. right mm-hmm. it's not dad at work um and then just understanding that like take out your relationship he is a whole adult himself who has a very professional job that he's worked really hard for. So I think just understanding that mm-hmm. and knowing how serious it is to not goof off or kind of almost make him look smaller than what he is in front of your peers is really mm-hmm. important because to me, it's just goofing off. But right. someone might see that as like, oh, I'm not going to take him that serious now. Exactly. And especially at yeah. his position as a creative director. Mm-hmm. He's a lot of people's boss. Mm -hmm. So it's really important to understand that, like take apart like, oh, this is my dad. You have to see that person as just a person Mm -hmm. and their professional job. And that was what I kind of told myself Mm -hmm. to like really understand that and just keep from our silly banter. So yeah, Yeah. without taking the fun out of it, I mean, sometimes we still have banter, but it's work appropriate. It's what I would do with anyone else who wasn't my dad. So, yeah, I think um, I'd say it's really if you focus about on about the work and keep it about the work, mm-hmm. then I think you're you know well ahead of it. And I think once you, because the more you can step away about the, you know, from the personal relationship aspect, and just really think about, you know, you are here to focus on ideas, on growth, on vision. And that sort of thing, design, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, obviously from a business standpoint, from, you know, transform, uh, transformation standpoint, et cetera, and growth. So I think the more you can focus about uh, on the work, it's yeah. better. You know, just like, um, you know, as you're, you know, ironically enough, as you're raising kids, it's not about the child, for example, doing the act, the behavior wrong. It's about the behavior or it's about, you know, the thing it's about the topic and meeting them where they're at, obviously, um, whether it's a child or, you know, a colleague, et cetera. And I think the more you can focus on the action and the behavior and that sort of thing, then I think there's already, you're halfway there and you're at a better, uh, you're setting up a better framework, you know, for whatever happens. Yeah. No, it, it's very interesting and very cool from that perspective. Cause I've, I've had a lot of conversations with folks over the years and it seems like there's, you know, one side of it is either, I don't want my kids involved in my business at all. Mm. Like I don't want them to do something mm-hmm. completely different right. or there's a, you know, that nepotism of, yeah, there's, they're involved and everybody in the company's like, 
Oh God! Yeah, great. You know, when, yeah. when Bob's son takes over, we're All right. <laughs> um, yeah. And and then and then I think that there's the other side where people the people some people are doing it really well and and and, and they are the best fit for that role and, and you're seeing some really good success with it. The cool thing and I would I would commend you guys on this is um, it seems like one Sophia has a high respect for you as a as a creative professional and that speaks volumes because that's got to be a an admirable thing right that mm-hmm. that your kids actually respect mm-hmm. what you're doing. Um, and then at the same same regard, it seems like that you are, uh, it, you know, it's, it's a very, uh, very cool thing to have your kids be able to follow in some of your footsteps. So those yeah. are those are two really cool things to be able to see. And if they do it really, really well, it's even better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you want to see right. them surpass you. Not Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's funny because really even before Sophia came into I'm going to say the Arthur Elliott or even graphic design world, you know, when you're working with a um, creative department of, made up of these talented individuals, each coming from their own walk of life, et cetera, you can't help but think of them as your kids. Sure. I mean, you know, not to put you above or whatever, but it's more about because you care, you want to help you, you get excited, whether they know it or not, or hopefully they do know it to a certain extent, but it's great to see that you know, that growth, it's all about nurturing, meeting them where they're at, just like your kids or whatever. And so it's exciting and you hope you have fun doing it and everybody kind of sees it as a positive thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, uh, you're, you're coaching people, especially in that, in that role, you're coaching people. And so you, you get to see them succeed. And I think the, yeah, and maybe this is maybe this is either super obvious or people just totally disagree with it. But mm-hmm. I think the success of a coach is that people surpass you at a certain point, right? right. And that's that's the, the the site of a really good or the the, uh, the identifier of a really good coach. So exactly. Really cool. and, and I and I said since day one, I said it's not about me. It is totally about you guys. It's about you, you, you as individuals. And yeah, exactly to what you just said. It's it's cool. It's fun. It's a, a different kind of cool and fun. You know. Yeah. To see so that true. And he's just such a humble person, too. Like, if I have a presentation with a client coming up, you know, I always, of course, go to him, show him what I'm presenting. What do I say if they ask me this? You know, I get as much advice from him as I can. And he's always like, say this, blah, blah, blah. And he's so okay with not, I guess, getting that credit in a sense. Like, he's just very humble about it because he just all he wants is to see me and the other designers succeed. Yeah. Which is really, really cool. Like, that's a very lucky position to be in for me like to have a boss like that and i'm not just saying that because he's my dad i would want that kind of boss anywhere i feel like you know well and it's fun to see like wow i never would have thought of that or you know you made me grow just now or whatever you know sure that's cool it's exciting it's very very cool shifting gears as as rapidly as we can we're going (laughs) to go from fifth down to second um one of the things that we were discussing before we kind of came on is uh, talking about understanding how to navigate things. And I'm, I'm going to put in my words based off of what you just said, but um, navigating things through intuition or through the, kind of through your gut versus mm-hmm. other other realms. I'm interested in why you brought that up as a topic. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I'd say how, how is that? Yeah. I guess how is that related to the world of of creative and and design yeah um i mean especially these days the the point being or the topic really was about um you know so much we're surrounded by data information Mm -hmm. and really the overload of that and which is great and it's obviously something that um has been around for a bit 
and certainly not where I started years ago. Um, but I definitely see the value. I think everybody's these days, if you're walking around breathing, you know the value of it and how you can leverage it, uh, data insights, et cetera, to get uh, a better understanding, obviously, of business, market, your audience, whatever. Um, the slippery slope, uh, at least this is through my filter and you know, whatever thought processes, the fact that it, you know, it's one thing to kind of like, uh, kind of start from there, but you have to go somewhere with it. You have to listen to your own gut. You have to listen to yourself. I think a lot of times, as I was saying, the slippery slope is that we stop thinking after somebody else or some algorithm has thought for us. Mm. And I, you know, and I think that's why too often we see, you know, almost like a regurgitation or, or the, the expression of that insight ends up being the expression we want to put out to the world Mm. or to the client. And I'm not sure that's really the true objective to, especially from a uh, standpoint of differentiation, mm. which ultimately is what you want to do. Otherwise, you're lost in a sea of commodity, etc. Yeah. So I think it's important to, you know, go from you know data to gut, um, and you know really be unique, very artful, and uh, different, and carve your your way of thinking because that is you know we're all different. Yeah. Data is going to be the same. Yeah. It, I, and are you dis, are you saying that in terms of like I'm trying to I'm trying to process it because I, I think you could take that a lot of different ways. It, it is a very um, uh, applicable statement. Are you talking about in terms of a of a marketing strategy of a creative strategy? Like, yeah. Well, based off of all the data, it says that we need to you know use this color and you know do this type of thing in this order. Is that what you're? Yeah, it's well, basically. So you know, uh, at Arthurelia, for example, you know we practice you know going from insight to ideate to create to relate. So it's our little process here in terms of really going through a discovery phase to uncover the truth, et cetera, et cetera. Gotcha. And it's uh, it's critical, absolutely, with great discussions to be had about it, et cetera. And as much uh, marketing insight as we can get that the client provides or prospect, et cetera, um, is always something to chew on. Um, the difference is you have to, much like a you know, Michelin chef is it's what you make of it. It's what your, your, your personal training, your own instinct, your own gut, whatever tells you to do this with that. Mm -hmm. Do, you know, because the thing is, it's too easy for the data to mold and craft the strategy to what you're alluding to. And therefore then that becomes the creative too often. Well, quote unquote creative. Um, And I think it's, I think it's more interesting if you come sometimes with a certain purity Mm -hmm. and, and go with that because at the end of the day, you do want to stand out. You're going to, you don't want to blend in and that's not going to come from the same thing that the next guy or gal is chewing on and spitting out, so to speak. Boy, that sounded pretty repulsive, but you got me. Yeah, no, no, I I track with that. And I'm thinking from a, from an operation standpoint in the, in the world of business, I think that there's people that, you know, just kind of flip that conversation around, mm-hmm. make all their decisions based off of data alone. Like there's Correct. no 
other thought process other than this is what the numbers say, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. And then you have this whole other uh, skew of people that fly by the seat of their pants and it's all based off of intuition. Like, yeah, kind of feel and see. Right. That, yeah, we're, we're, what we're missing is drawing from our experience sure. of human life. And, you know, we're kind of going through life sometimes as a bot, mm -hmm. depending on algorithms and and the data that is served up to everybody equally the same way, et cetera. Sure. And I think there's something not revolutionary, but really, uh, you know, uh, optimistic and, you know, unique maybe, or more imaginative mm -hmm. if we draw from experiences and maybe flip the script and that becomes kind of like the data, sure. you know what I mean? Uh, that sort of thing. So, uh, I think there's a balance somewhere. Yeah, I, we, we've had, had this conversation in our organization a lot, uh, not to drone out this conversation, but it's very intriguing to me. The um, uh, we, we do a lot of work in our organization around kind of personality assessments to understand mm -hmm. how people kind of see things. And one of the things that we've learned is um, they, that there's a factor of experiential data. Yeah, mm -hmm. because everybody starts from a different level. Mm -hmm. you, you, everybody can yeah. be educated the same, but your experiences are going to dictate some of that data. And it is a whole different factor. So even what you're saying is it's that gut, but it's actually the or it could be the experiential data. These are the experiences that I've had. Yeah. And this is the facts that I've learned from that. And now I can apply it to this situation. Exactly. Like I love it, for example, like, you know, here are these, you know, business folks getting together. They're talking They're you know, whatever. Everybody's got their, uh, you know, decks and, and all this fun stuff that you can pretty much predict and write the script to. Um, but I love it when, in fact, I hear moms, for example, talking and they come up with the craziest ideas mm -hmm. sometimes, but it's so grounded not in the, these algorithms and, and data that they're collecting and sure. sharing amongst themselves, but it's grounded in real life, real experiences and something that is very, very true to life. Mm -hmm. And if you're out to uncover the truth about a brand or about a strategy or whatever, shoot, there you go. Yeah. You know, listen to the experience. That's right. Yeah. So it's very, very interesting facts. Well, I appreciate you guys coming in today. This has been a very eye opening uh, conversation. I think it's applicable across any kind of business realm where if you're working with your kids, you're working with your spouse, or, or if you're also managing teams with those kind of dynamics on it, because you have to kind of be mindful of that, that it's not getting out of hand or that it's not dragging on and interfering with their personal world as well, right? Yeah. Helping to helping to mitigate that. So those are some mm -hmm. things to be mindful of uh, within any business and uh, in, in any organization. So I appreciate you mm -hmm. guys coming in. I think it's kind of really cool to see the dynamic. And I'm sure that there's some down the road is going to see some really cool creative uh, outbursts come from from that that dynamic. And congratulations to you for uh, for the success and Thank for you. seeing some really cool stuff coming from your kids. Thanks, Chad. Appreciate it so much. <laughs> yeah, thank you fun. so much for having yeah, us on here. This totally. was really cool. Hey, guys, thank you very much for joining us. It was a blast chatting with you uh, before and after the recording. And thanks so much for, for hanging out as well. Uh, man, some good, great takeaways from a conversation with a father and daughter team, things that you can avoid for uh, nepotism, things that you can identify, and conversations that you can have heading into those working relationships as well. Some really good insights from Lee and Sophia. Thank you so much for joining us today. A reminder to subscribe if you haven't already. And we've got a brand new episode coming out next Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. We look forward to seeing you then.